Michael Show on the air. We start this hour with some breaking news. Queen Elizabeth II, at the age of 96, has passed away. We got wind earlier today that uh, she was in poor health and that many were being called to the royal castle. And uh, she indeed did pass away today after the longest reign in British history. Going to be mourned around the globe as one of the last monarchs born to a classic age of European royalty. And that's when kings and queens actually had genuine political power. Uh, Passes away today at the age of uh, 96, which means Prince Charles is now king. In case you didn't know, Prince Charles is now king. So there you have it. Uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, a little bit earlier today, had a chance to sit down and meet with the uh, the media, talk about uh, the practice today, and then getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings, his last presser before they head off to Minnesota. Here is uh, what the head coach had to say this morning. Matt, how did uh, David and Elton do yesterday, and will, you have, will they be doing a teamwork today? Yeah, no, they, they did a nice job, and... Um, yeah, that that's the hope that they can go out there today and do some more team. It's a long season. How much you know, does the, the factor of the, the field turf not being grass this week kind of play a factor for Robert, Dave, and, and Elton playing as opposed to you know keeping the preserve for the, the long haul? Well, I know I have, I have not given much thought to that at all. So um, that's you know our medical staff. I'm sure they're all over it. But uh, as far as we're concerned, I'm. I mean that. I don't think that plays a huge role into it. Do you anticipate Allen being able to go anymore today? Uh, we'll see when we get out there. I don't know. What is the deciding factor with the ACL guys? I guess I'll just look Mullen to, to one question. Is it purely a medical decision, or is there something that you need to see in those guys to get them out of there on Sunday? Yeah. Well, I'm not the doctor, so um, we can have him come in here and get specific. But each guy is. Uh, their own person, and they're going to heal at different rates, and we'll see where each guy is. But as far as you can never lump one guy into a category like that. Guys recover at, at different rates, and sometimes the injuries, although they they may on the surface level look the same, none of them are are the same. So they're all they're always little intricacies that may affect one more than the other. And then I think you also got to look at what position they're playing and. And what they're asked to do so you know when they get the clearance that that they're good to go they'll be out there uh for us on game day the last two games you guys have played in minneapolis have sort of been kind of track mates very high scoring both of them have been is there a way that your defense can almost slow the pace of this game based on just kind of what they bring to the table uh no i think it's hard for a defense to slow the pace of a game because usually the offense is going to dictate the tempo of what you play and uh, defensively you have to react now the way you slow it down for them is just uh, I would say to get off the grass I don't know um, but that's the best way to do it you got to be great on first and second down to create those third and long situations and then find a way to get off the grass Man, how much how much more time is spent on like a week one game plan just because you guys as coaches have so much time to get ready for this game is it more than, than like any other week of the yeah I'd say way too much time <laughs> especially when you don't quite know exactly what you're gonna get you, you're talking about a new staff and obviously around the league 
every team is going to have new wrinkles on a yearly basis. You, you, you do a lot of evaluating over the course of the off season and you implement new things and you study other, other teams and at least the teams that I've been a part of. Um, and then you got different personnel. So how do you adapt to your personnel? I think that's part of coaching. And our job is to always try to put our guys in the best position possible. And it may not be, hey, here's our system. Well, you may not, that might not fit somebody the best way. So you have to deviate from that in, in, in certain ways. doesn't mean your whole philosophy changes, but you might have to deviate and, and try to find different ways to help a guy be successful. In mind, what is the balance between getting guys like Christian and Romeo, maybe even some worry, like wanting to get their feet wet and caught up soon and not necessarily wanting to go in those growing pains in a divisional game? Well, I think this is just is part of it. I mean, you only have X amount of players that uh, can suit up. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. When they get their opportunities, we you, you try to prepare them for it. But ultimately, you know, there's going to be there's going to be mistakes made, whether you're a rookie or whether you're in your 15th year. That's just the nature of the beast. And I think the key is how resilient are you? How how can you both in your successes and your failures? How do you just take it one play at a time? So that's what we're hoping to see from each one of those guys. And, and we know it's going to be an imperfect game. I'm going to, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm going to make many mistakes, I'm sure, with some of the play calls in terms of putting our guys in the best position possible. I hope they bail me out. For, for game planning purposes, how do, you, how do you know where to even start looking at the Vikings? Because obviously the new coordinators you know, and what they did, what Donatell or Kevin did in the past may not, be, might not matter based on their personal. I guess where, where do you... Where do you start? Well, I think that's where you, you do start. You you study where places they've been, and you know you go off that. But at the same time, it always comes back to you. What are the things that you feel like you do well as a team in all three phases? And um, you know, I would like to think that the stuff that we give our players has answers for the majority of the things that you're going to see out there. Um, but you know, week one's always. It's always a crapshoot, and it's always interesting. And like I've said yesterday, is just how do you respond and, and make adjustments along the way? Remember you were talking about situational football. I mean, there was a big fluctuation from 20 to 21, third down percentage, red zone production, and you were really going to dive into that. And can you just kind of speak to how you feel you've addressed those issues to get that trending back the way you want? Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it goes back to a little bit of, of who you're playing and, and – um, it is a, a big-time matchup game, and it does present some challenges talking from an offensive perspective when you're not quite sure uh, where guys are going to line or, or what structures are going to be in or what coverages you're attacking. Um, but that's why it always comes back to you, making sure that we have answers for what we believe could be potential uh, looks for us. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that's a pretty – it's going to be fluid throughout the course of the year, but we're always trying to, uh, I think a big part of the, of our lack of, or I don't want to say lack of success, why we weren't quite as good a year ago was um, really, it was third down in the red zone. Um, that really, that, that hurt us. Um, and so look, speaking to that, you got to be more efficient on first and second down. So it all is intertwined. Hey Matt, regarding penalties, 
When you go into week one, are you a little more concerned about what's going to get called? Did the, when the NFL refs were here, did they have stuff that they were going to emphasize? It didn't seem like there was that many rule changes this year. You know, is the meeting room the place where you address that You know, every day about, hey, that technique doesn't work, it's going to get called? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so beneficial. We had uh, two sets of officials in here uh, when we scrimmaged against uh, the Saints or practiced against the Saints. And then um, they had time with our players. And we had certain clips, even from last year, that how they viewed certain plays, whether they got called or not, it wasn't to, to you know reflect on the past. It's just to educate our guys on... This is how the officials see it, and um, we're always constantly educating our players, and the NFL sends out videos every week on, on certain things. And um, But, yeah, no, I think there's, you know, I don't I have any idea how they're going to call it. Robert came back in your game-like practice last week and caught two touchdowns. He hasn't seemed to have a setback since then. Do you get a sense for where his game, I don't mean just playing for week one, but just where his game is overall after missing so much time and how much, if he can return the way he was, how much does that do for your offense? Yeah, I think the familiarity, not only with with our offensive scheme, but with Aaron and the, um, you know, just the rapport that they have out on the field, I think is big time. He definitely trusts them. And so he's going to maybe fit it into the, some tighter windows, knowing that, Bobby's going to make the play, and um, no, I think Bobby's looked good, and hopefully he continues to progress. And um, I think every time he steps out on the field, it gives him a little bit more confidence in knowing that he can do what we're asking him to do. And um, because I think that's always the trick for players that are coming off an injury is just the unknown. You know, how does something feel, or um, they just haven't done certain movements in a long time or haven't had to, um, you know, block 300-pound men or whatever it may be. Uh, it's just the unknown of, of responding to an injury. When it comes to guys Aaron Trust, you obviously have spoken very highly of Allen. At this point, does Allen need to practice to be able to play Sunday, or would you feel comfortable just putting him on the field if he isn't able to? Well, I think all these guys, they have to have the ability to prove that they can play. Um, and certainly we don't want to put anybody in jeopardy of if, if they can't protect themselves or they could, you know, um, are at a higher risk for a, f a further setback. So I think that is kind of um, how, how we think about when determining whether or not a player is available. Minnesota has some good pieces on offense with Cousins and Cook and Jefferson. What's the challenge for your defense going up against that, but also knowing that they now have a coach that – at least had experience with L.A. in, in using those players and making a, a, a dynamic system. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I wouldn't even call them good players. I'd call them great players, uh, all, all those guys. And it's not just those guys. And I talked about it yesterday. I think their offensive line is so much improved. So uh, it, it's a great challenge. And, you know, not, not to, it's not an indictment against I, – I thought last year they were dynamic on offense. So – um, how they implement those guys. I'm sure there's there's a lot of carryover from uh, who their coordinator was last year with familiarity with kind of the foundation of the scheme dating back to the Mike Shanahan days. So, um, you know, I thought they were, they were very tough to defend a year ago, and I'm sure they're going to be very tough to defend this year. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right.
There you go. That's uh, that's it. Matt LaFleur speaking to the media just a little bit earlier today. Again, uh, breaking news outside of the world of sports today. Uh, Queen Elizabeth has passed away at the age of 96, which I'm sure if you're on any of the social media outlets right now, uh, the stories are, are winging by even the NHL. Uh, says that they mourn the passing and celebrate the remarkable life of Queen Elizabeth. She uh, held a special place in the hearts of Canadians and during her 70-year reign connected with the game in memorable ways. So the NHL uh, even recognizing Queen Elizabeth today. Uh, going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to get the Minnesota Vikings side of things. That's when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program Brought to you by our friends over there at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. If you're going to be watching some football coming up tonight, might not be a bad place to go. Check it out. Uh, you can Whether it's you're bringing your boat up or you're going to ride by on the motorcycle, stop by in the car or truck or whatever it happens to be, stop in, get yourself a good meal, good beverage, and then check out uh, Thursday Night Football as well. Good stuff from our friends over there at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. about our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. They are not snooty. They are not pretentious. They just enjoy fun in a bottle, and they want you to do so as well. If you stop into the Peshtigo Winery and tell them you want uh, a, uh, you heard it here on the program, on the Bill Michael Show, they give you a special deal as well. Check it out at all your local uh, grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores. That is uh, Forgotten Fire Winery, or go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. Dot com and see for yourself. Time to get a look at the Vikings side of things. Arif Hassan uh, with the, the Athletic covering the Minnesota Vikings joining us on the hotline. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. How are you? We're doing extremely well. There's a lot of anticipation, obviously, for the NFL season for this game. Give me the pulse of what it's like right now in Minneapolis is the Packers without Devontae Adams and such, and obviously a coaching change uh, takes place, not a head coaching change, but a coaching change takes place in Minnesota uh, or in, in Green Bay. But you've got a head coaching change in Minnesota. What's this game feel like right now? You know, I think Vikings fans, generally speaking, are about as optimistic as you can expect Vikings fans to be. I think, you know, they're always pretty guarded, right, given given the history mm-hmm. of the team. But I think that they see, you know, a big opportunity um, for the Vikings, not just with, um, you know, the fact that the Packers seem weaker. I think that, you know, they might be underrating that receiving group, but they seem weaker. And at the same time, you know, the, the Vikings have a new head coach. That head coach just came back from winning the Super Bowl. You know, that offense should, you know, kind of help lead the team. And I think kind of the, the whole shift in the culture around the Vikings is giving them um, a lot of that optimism. So let's start with Kirk Cousins. Had a really solid year statistically last year. And then as time went on, the team wasn't winning nearly as much. Uh, the, the recognition, we'll say, for the possibility of an MVP started to go down the drain. But this year seems rejuvenated. Got a lot of weapons over there, a lot of familiarity. Tried to bolster the offensive line. Thoughts on the offense? Yeah, I think the offense will take a, a little bit of a leap forward. I think there's always going to be kind of a ceiling, you know, with whatever your quarterback is. But I think that, 
you know, given, uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, this is the offense that's in vogue around the NFL and there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, deep downfield shots, you know, ways to make play action a little bit more effective, you know, turning, um, you know, defenses around with confusion and stuff like that. I think that this is going to be an area where, where the Vikings are going to grow. I think what last year by certain metrics, they were 11th or 12th on offense. I think, you know, this is, um, you know, a time where they can not just enter the top 10, but maybe even flirt with the top five in terms of, you know, their ability to put points on the board. The uh, the defense, uh, we know the defense is, you know, uh, it was so good so many years ago, and they've been trying to kind of rebuild it ever since. Give me the, the thoughts on where the defense is right now. Yeah, I think that the personnel changes that they've made, you know, kind of bringing in uh, Harrison Phillips, drafting a couple of players, um, you know, forcing them to win positions instead of giving them a job and stuff like that. Um, those are areas where I think that the defense is going to improve. I'm a little bit concerned. I think that Mike Zimmer was a remarkable defensive coach and that you're probably going to lose some things while you gain other things. Like I think, for example, the Vikings are going to get much stronger as a run defense because of the way they're deploying that, that personnel. And I think they're going to get a little bit weaker on third down because Mike Zimmer is kind of one of the best third-down defensive coordinators you know, the NFL has seen in the past 20 years. And I think that that's going to that kind of pull and push of the areas where they improve, areas where they may not improve. You know, the defense is probably going to be, you know, something close to an average NFL defense. Uh, but it has, you know, not just a lot of room to grow. I think it has a lot of potential to grow because of, you know, those those defensive draft picks that they invested in. You know, whether or not, you know, Lewis Seen or Andrew Booth will see the field week one, I don't know. But I think, you know, by the end of the year, we'll kind of see their contributions, you know, do some pretty big things for them the the strength of this team is what oh man that's interesting um i i mean i would say it's you know receivers right it, it's making sure that your wide receivers um have open open space in some way whether that is you know yards after the catch on some of the well-designed screens we've seen from the rams in, in the past years or um you know the, those rocket sweeps or you know open in the middle of the field because of a well-designed play that a quarterback has allows them to hit it so it's making them make plays you know better than um any other team's defense has the ability to get on them so i think that you know featuring those wide receivers i think is going to be big for them not only are they good at the top with justin jefferson they're they're pretty deep throughout so changing defensive coordinators uh, and, and changing kind of scheme, for how, how long do you think it takes them to absorb the 3-4 going with Ed Donatel? Because it took the Packers a little while when they made the change. What, is it, what do you think the defense will do with this new look 3-4 defense? Yeah, I think that there's going to be um, some kind of changes in, in uh, some, some learning uh, that needs to be done. But, you know, some of these players have played in 3-4 before. Dalvin Tomlinson, for example, is, is a veteran of the 3-4. Eric Hendricks did in college as an inside linebacker. Um, and, and then, you know, some players it's not going to affect at all. Patrick Peterson will be fine no matter what you do. Harrison Smith's going to be fine no matter what you do. And then some players, you know, it, it's going to be kind of an interesting change. I think Daniil Hunter, who was scouted as a 3-4 outside linebacker by many teams, you know, in college, still played a 4-3 in college and played a 4-3 in the NFL, and so there's some things for him to learn. And I think Zedarius Smith is going to be really critical in terms of, you know, teaching some of those edge rushers what it's going to be like to play in that kind of system. So I think, you know, early on we're probably going to see some hiccups because of, of the change in the front in the assignment. They might miss, you know, a run gap here or there that could get gashed. They might miss a zone handoff here as the coverage changes in the back end to accommodate what's going on. Um, and and I think that, you know, the first couple of games are going to be kind of a trial by fire as, as some players who have never played in a 3-4 before now adapting to the system 
The the story yesterday that came out was that uh, Zadarius Smith not happy with the way he was treated here, which really kind of ran rampant through the Packers locker room. But what has he brought? Because Zadarius, when he first came to Green Bay, I mean, he was he was a ball of fire, a joy to talk to. He was a very outspoken guy in the locker room, great for media. So you tell me about Zadarius Smith over there in purple. Uh, I mean, he's a joy to talk to. He's great for media. He's um, <laughs> he's, he's very <laughs> charismatic for sure. Um, I'm I'm a little personally. I'm a little bit peeved that you know we talked to him a couple of days ago and asked, hey, you know this revenge game. You know what what's the angle here? Do you have any particular rancor for the Packers? Um, and he didn't say anything. And then the story drops, and it's like, well, okay. As soon as you get somebody national to talk to you, you spill the beans. But yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. But you know, yeah, pe- people get to be in control of their message however they want. I would just like to. Be the the conduit for that sort of thing because it's always a little bit more fun that way um but you know i mean he's been nothing but but great to talk to and it sounds like you know they they expect him to kind of be some energy that they need in in the defensive side of the ball um to kind of lead things so uh, certainly from a vikings perspective you know he his his uh, his character has been a huge hit you know we'll see kind of how that plays out as, as the season goes on with hicks kendricks Darius smith daniel hunter how strong a pass rush do you think this team now has I think it really depends on health because I think that that front unit, that defensive line group, is 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 one of the better ones in the NFL. I think that you know with Smith and Hunter, there's a bunch um, of pressure opportunities going there. There's a lot of ability for Harrison Phillips, who's really impressed me in camp, both you know against the Vikings and in joint practices against the 49ers, who have a pretty strong um, offensive line. Um, and and Dalvin Tomlinson seems to be growing as a pass rusher as well as a run defender. Um, I really like that unit, but the depth behind it is 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 much worse than I think a lot of the depth across the rest of the NFL. NFL. I mean, I liked what um, you know Patrick Jones did, but I don't. I have a lot of skepticism for DJ Wanham. You know, the the other edge rusher that they have is, a, is an undrafted rookie. Um, the defensive line group behind Harrison Phelps, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Jonathan Bullard is expected to start in base sets. Um, that one is a very concerning one to me. So it's really going to depend more than more than for most teams on that health. But I think when they're all healthy, you know, that that to me looks like a top five pass rushing unit because that talent is extraordinary. Is there as much question in Minnesota regarding Aaron Rodgers and this wide receiving group as there is here in our own backyard? I would say question is maybe the wrong word. I think there's a lot of answers. <laughs> I think a lot of people assume mm-hmm. that they know uh, that this is going to be a big drop-off for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's some, you know, reasoning for it. Obviously, aside from the fact that just losing a receiver's talent as Devontae Adams will definitely have its own impact. I think the last time we saw Rodgers struggle was when Jordy Nelson was not at 100%. It seems like he really does well when there's a dominant receiver for him to be able to throw to, whether that's, you know, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, or Devontae Adams. Um, you know, I, I think that that has been nice for him, but I, I really do respect kind of what Romeo Dubs has been able to do. I've always liked Sammy Watkins, despite, you know, kind of the disappointment that he's brought. Um, you know, I, I respect kind of the ability for the Packers to develop players. Like Devontae Adams was not very good as a rookie. Same thing with Amari Rodgers. We'll see if, you know, that changes. So um, there's going to be some interesting, um, you know, challenges for the Packers and I think that's going to hurt their offense but certainly you know I I still think that they'll probably have the most incisive passing game in the division either way I uh, you know we still have that very vivid in our memory the bad special teams play against San Francisco in that playoff game at Lambeau Field so and and we don't know because we didn't see any of the starters or any of the regulars really play on special teams in the preseason how are the special teams and more so the attacking special teams uh, on Minnesota's side of the football, and do they look at that as possibly an Achilles heel of the Green Bay Packers? 
I think they do. I think that, I mean, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that they didn't play their kick returner at kick returner at all in um, uh, in the preseason. Kenny Wongu is going to be the kick returner. When he uh, returned to the Vikings roster last year as a rookie and, and immediately started playing the kick return role, um, he had more touchdowns per kick return than anyone else in the NFL. He almost made uh, the Pro Bowl as a kick returner, despite you know only playing about half the season, right? And so they're really excited about the potential that they have with Wong returning kicks, returning punts. That one is a little bit you know dicier, right? It's one reason that they, they, they traded for Jalen Rager. Um, and while I didn't expect Amir Smith Marset to win that competition, the fact that you know that he was back there so often, and we didn't get to see Jalen Naylor, and we're obviously we didn't get to see Jalen Rager because they hadn't you know traded for him yet. You know, tells me that that one's kind of more up in the air. They really like, you know, the explosiveness that that a healthy Rager might be able to provide. Um, but you know, that's an area that I'm going to be concerned with for the next couple of games, and you know, until they, you know, prove me uh, wrong. We've seen uh, head coaches come in when head coaches get fired, and then a new one comes in. You know, he's either a train unorganized and things are just in disarray. Or everybody gets a pep in their step. Everybody picks up where they left off. But now there's a different focus. What has Kevin O'Connell brought to the Minnesota Vikings organization since he came through the door? Yeah, it it certainly seems like there has been a a massive shift in the atmosphere. Um, You know, I I think one phrase that had been bandied about a lot in a lot of the reporting surrounding the the, the shift in the team is that, you know, players like to go to work again. You know, they, they wake up excited to go to work, which is not something that occurred in the final years under Mike Zimmer. Um, and, and I think that that more than anything else kind of tells you that there has been a, a pretty significant shift in the way that people feel about the team, the way that they feel about playing for the team and the way that that team um, operates. I think that, um, you know, the the vibe, I guess, has been, you know, pretty energetic and optimistic. But it's also one I, I don't want to be definitive about because to me, team culture is what happens when your team loses. Right. It tells you, you know, how strong your locker room is, how, you know, you have the ability to kind of bounce back, how you respond to adversity. You know, those are all things that don't occur until something wrong happens. And in the preseason, very rarely, you know, thankfully, does something wrong happen. So um, we'll kind of see. But for now, you know, certainly it seems like a, a pretty significant shift and one that's really positive. Uh, great stuff. I certainly p- appreciate the time, Arif, and uh, we'll see you over in Minneapolis here real soon, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. There you go, Arif Hassan. Uh, go to Arif Hassan NFL and follow him. He covers the uh, Minnesota Vikings for the Athletic, giving us their side of things as they look at the Green Bay Packers coming to U.S. Bank Stadium this coming weekend, an afternoon affair uh, that's going to be carried on Fox and shown throughout really most of the country except for the New York market and a little bit of the uh, the Kentucky-Tennessee market. But beyond that, uh, the Packers are the national game coming up. The Packers-Vikings the national game coming up on Sunday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Wabam. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. They were prominent uh, at the Wisconsin Harley-Davidson over the uh, weekend of the hometown rally. What a, what a great time, but more so getting the product out there. And we've been talking about it for a long time, whether it's things like, uh, you know, motorcycle polishes, boat polishes, car polishes, ceramics, or cleaning supplies, industrial, janitorial, or for your home. Go to get, G-E-T, getwabam.com. We walked down so many aisles in grocery stores. We just grab, you know, Clorox wipes or whatever. You got to check these things out. Not only do they have the wipes, but they have the wipes with scrubbing capability in them. They have different ceramics and different things for boats and motorcycles and cars, as I had mentioned. Different cleaners, bowl cleaners, and, and strong, stringent cleaners. You name it, they've got to go to get, G-E-T, getwabam.com. That's getwabam, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. afternoon uh, a couple of things uh, to get to here real quick uh the uh i was sitting here uh, going through some of these news and notes um regarding the nfl and um this one is from jason who says uh, looking at tonight's game uh, i think josh allen succumbs to the pressure folds like a cheap suit look for the rams to win big tonight plus they're celebrating a championship Nothing better than the energy in a building after a Super Bowl. Remember? Question mark. I do, but remember, it was the uh, Kid Rock was playing in the parking lot outside of Lambeau Field. It was a Thursday night contest. The Packers were taking on the New Orleans Saints. It was a shootout. The Packers won, but Packers had to hold on to win. But it was also the debut of Randall Cobb, who took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Place went nuts, but uh, the you know Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees battled back and forth the entire time. They didn't steamroll anybody. They, um, but it was you know I mean, it was um, a hell of a contest. That I admit, but it wasn't like they just just blew them out of the water, not at all. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. You choose to do so again, 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. Uh, this is from Alan. Alan uh, writes in the email inbox. He says, uh, good stuff earlier with Charge. Love having him back on the air with you. Will that be a weekly segment? Yes, Alan. Appreciate it. Uh, he also says, uh, I've got Aaron Rodgers lighting up the Vikings. I think he's going to come out on, on firing on all cylinders. And look for the Packers to win big. Uh, do you think that Adam Thielen will put up the numbers that are needed to, um, well, you're talking about fantasy numbers, though. I, You know, don't forget, I mean, the first look is Justin Jefferson over there. He's the, he the man. Then they'll divide it up between Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Uh, a little bit to Irv Smith Jr., I think, their tight end. But uh, between uh, between Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, that's going to be the offense. Adam Thielen is good, but and don't forget they also picked up Jalen Rager from Philadelphia. So, but I, you know, to answer your question, you know, well, I mean, what I'm saying is they're going to spread the ball around. But it's just Justin Justin Jefferson is the Devontae Adams of that team. That's your first look all the time, right? Am I wrong? There, oh ben? yeah, definitely. So when you say, do you think Adam Thielen's going to light it up? No. No, he's not. That's that's a crazy statement. Not over Justin. I mean, unless, of course, you're double-teaming and triple-teaming Justin Jefferson everywhere, and 
he can't get you know uh, he can't get open. You can't throw into that window, which could also be a possibility. I get it, but no, beyond that, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, what else is going on in the world right now that we need to pay attention to? Uh, Dizzy, Dizzy Steve says, uh, man, I'm been cr- getting crazy bombed with the porn bots. Porn bots been everywhere today, numerous times, all over the joint. So I get it. Porn bots all over the place. If you've been following us up on the Bud Light live stream, I don't know why they just pick today. Some days they don't come up at all. Some days they bomb us. Speaking of porn, did you see how the Viking special teams coordinator described Jalen Rager today? You know what? Read that description describing Jalen Rager because that gave me almost a creepy. That reminded me of Brett Bielema <laughs> talking about a guy in a great big ass. It came from Alec Lewis, another Vikings writer for The Athletic. Quote, Viking special teams coordinator on Jalen Rager, whom he has respect for as a punt returner. Quote, mm-hmm. he's a very stout, cocky built guy. Narrow, thick, strong legs, big glutes, really nice calves. I was salivating over this dude, end quote. The, he called it, he like contradicted himself, didn't he? Like he called him long and then, uh, what was it? Something and Stout, then thick? Stout, cocky built. Yeah. Thick. Thick. <laughs> Strong legs, big glutes, really nice calves. Yeah, that, that just, that makes me the willies. He's just looking him up and down like, oh, that guy right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there you have it. Oh. Just see how he responds to the load. There you go. By the way, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Robert Tanyan, all practicing. Doesn't mean they're going to play in Sunday's opener, but it's a good sign. Still no Alan Lazard. He, uh, I got to think that he is not going to be playing this week. No Alan Lazard starting off the season with an ankle injury. That he sustained in practice after getting stepped on. But uh, he, he's not even practicing today. I mean, had he been limited, then you could say maybe, but out today, uh, yeah, it's, that's not a good sign. So Alan Lazard, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, not happening, not practicing today. And like I said, not a good sign. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout before we get out of here today. I uh, got one more here. Uh, it was just out of the email box. This is from Adam. Adam says, uh, hey, unit, uh, I really like uh, a, couple of the, a couple of your picks from earlier. However, I must disagree with you. I think the Bengals lighted up against Pittsburgh. Don't worry about that team missing the postseason. I think by default they'll find their way in. Uh, he also says that uh, I think Buffalo is not going to the Super Bowl. I think out of the AFC this year, you almost have your pick of numerous teams, Buffalo being one of them, yes, but I think Kansas City is refocused. I also think that uh, Las Vegas is feeling it. I think it's time for the Chargers to finally get over the hump. I don't think the Chargers have enough to get to the Super Bowl. If you think the Chargers are heading there, I don't think so. don't think it's happening. But I appreciate the email. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back, wrap it up. Coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice in pads outdoors, preparing for Sunday's game against the Vikings. Wide receiver Alan Lazard, slated to be the team's number one receiver, is dealing with an ankle injury. Head coach Matt LaFleur. He will not be practicing today. You know, he, he got stepped on last week, and um, so... That's where we're at with him. So if Lazard is out, who will step up at wide receiver? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, I think there's about, uh, you know, there's about five guys that we expect to kind of be in the mix consistently playing uh, receiver for us. And if one of them goes down, then the other four are better ready. Now, U.S. Bank Stadium has become one of the loudest domes in the NFL. I asked Packers center Josh Myers if he and Aaron Rodgers are working on a silent count before the ball is snapped. Uh, pretty much, yeah. You know, that's something, though, that we, we drill so much. And an environment like that, I'm sure, is going to be hard to replicate. But, uh, you know, hopefully we've got enough reps in the bank that should be no problems with, with communication out there. Sunday will be the Vikings' 37-year-old Kevin O'Connell's first game as an NFL head coach. What was his message for the week to his team? Our sole focus is on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we know this is going to be a, a great challenge, as it always is. Anytime you play a team with you know as much talent, great coaching, and, and kind of success uh, that this team has had, we got a huge challenge in front of us, but we are, uh, we've got off to a great start. Uh, this week, practice-wise, we'll have another few days of preparation before we get to go to U.S. Bank Stadium in front of our great fans and and get this thing rolling. That's Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program, Bill Michaels Show. This portion brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right, providing Wisconsin home and business owners Epoxy floor coatings, polyurea floor coatings and services, reasonable prices, top quality workmanship, different colors, different finishes. They can paint as well. That's our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right from Green Bay to Milwaukee, Racine, Madison, everywhere in between. EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Or call them 262 443 2852. Also, by Stoley's Hog Alley out there in Summit in Oconomowoc. You don't have to be a biker to have a lot of fun there. Lunch, 11 to 5 daily. Tuesday night is wing night. Pizza on Wednesdays. Tacos on Thursdays. Fish fry Friday. And Stoll's Old 109 up in Watertown. Fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, you know why, Ben, the Chicago Bears are on their way to a Super Bowl? Whoa. Why is that? Because they have changed the grass at Soldier Field. It is now Bermuda. I saw that. It's a Bermuda grass. For the golf nuts uh, among us. It's shorter. It's shorter. It's faster. They'll be able to play with a different speed. Yeah. They have changed. It's better than that bent grass that, uh, you know, they were trying to sell you over there in Caddyshack. And it it gets bent in a bejesus belt after that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Soldier Field has changed its grass. That's the big news coming out of Bears camp. Uh, and I know I, on a more serious note, um, the uh, uh, PGA, the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth uh, uh, has shut down due to the death of Queen Elizabeth today. Uh, they have not announced with a starting time for tomorrow or what they are going to do. But the World Golf Tour said all the facilities have been closed with immediate effect. 
with further guidance to be provided later in the day. Queen Elizabeth, the longest reigning monarch and rock of stability across much of the uh, turbulent century, passed away today. 70 years on the throne. She was 96. England's Tommy Fleetwood and Andy Sullivan tied for the lead, ironically enough, in the BMW PGA Championship. And the Palace announced today that, in case you're just waking up, that uh, she was at Balmoral Castle. That's the summer residence in Scotland where the members of the royal family rushed her aside after her health took a turn for the worse. She passed away this morning. So uh, they have suspended play in the BMW PGA Championship until further notice. Uh, all right, it's time to take a look as we get into our picks and predictions today uh, of games and betting lines with the spread and against the spread. But what are we going to pick now for our Super Bowl? Ben, you want to go on this? Go ahead and give me your thoughts. Yeah, it's one of those things today. Every single person in the world is giving their opinion on who makes the Super Bowl. Every radio show, every sports media person. So I felt uh, I was contractually obligated to follow along. Let's do it. I don't know if this is a good thing or not for Packer fans, but I am picking the Packers to make the Super Bowl. Part of that is I feel like the hype machine that sometimes circles the team when they're in a certain strong position like they don't make it in those years, but when people look aside, then they do go make it. I'm excited about Aaron Rodgers. I think the NFC is, in general is so winnable. So maybe if they get a road playoff game, even they can go do it. I have the Packers in the NFC. I have the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC. Really? So not a trendy pick, but healthy Lamar, hopefully. The offense is filled with weapons. The defense will be really good. They were just destroyed by injuries last season. They're healthy now. I love what Lamar is going to do this season. So Ravens-Packers, that's my Super Bowl. Here we go. Division winners. Going to see Buffalo win the AFC East, Baltimore win the AFC North. We are most likely going to see Tennessee win the AFC South, albeit I think they're going to get some pressure from the Indianapolis Colts. The AFC West, until somebody knocks off Kansas City, i go, got to go with them, but I really think that the, the Raiders are going to be right behind them with Denver not far behind. And is it the Chargers' year? I don't think so. Very tough. One of the uh, that's the toughest division in football. The NFC East winners: the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers in the North. In the NFC South is going to be Tampa Bay. The NFC West is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think the Rams bounce back and win it. My Super Bowl this year, and uh, on one hand, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say the Packers get there. Packers get back. Uh, out of the AFC, it's a tough call, but I believe the Buffalo Bills, even though they're everybody's darlings, I think they right now are head and shoulders above everybody. By Not by a lot, but by enough. And so I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. So they're going to see the Packers and the Bills out in Arizona. And, uh, boy, if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, I want to say this is the Green Bay Packers year, but I might – I might stay with uh, with Peter King on this one. I might go Buffalo. So the Packers get back, but uh, the Buffalo Bills reign victorious. And I will say this. If that happens, I would expect some kind of a joyous off day for everybody in the building at Midwest Family Broadcasting as one Randy Hawk will get into the building and then his head will be so big, no one will fit into the building. And it will be crazy. And uh, so that will be a, a, an off day for everybody at Midwest Family Broadcasting. So there you go. That's my picks, division winners and Super Bowl winner for the upcoming season. Now, obviously, we we can say that's our pick now, and maybe things will change as we take a look down the road, but 
a lot of decisions to make and a lot of good teams, specifically in the AFC, as things get going. And tonight you've got the Buffalo Bills on the road in Los Angeles. SoFi Stadium taking on the Rams. The Rams celebrating their Super Bowl victory tonight. Matthew Stafford coming back after the elbow procedure. And uh, will the uh, Buffalo Bills take the first step forward in getting themselves to a Super Bowl? So that's it. There you go. And then the music begins to play. You, you hit the post, so to speak. Good stuff. Ben, you got tomorrow, right? Myself and Grant Bills, yes. You and Grant Bills tomorrow. I'm going to be off doing one more charity event, and then I'll be back on Monday. Monday, we're going to be in Chippewa Falls. Do not forget, Monday, we're back on in Green Bay. And Sunday, a reminder, the Green and Gold Postgame Show live from the Ewing Hotel in Minneapolis. That's where we're going to be. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. So that's the next time we're all going to talk. Ben's going to take you the rest of the way tomorrow. Him with Grand Bills as well. Until we chat again, time for us to go. Have a going. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.